Welcome back to the Outreach Project family. This is Josh. This is Zach. And I'm Jonathan. Or JJ. What's up, Jonathan? How's it going, guys? It's, Welcome it's going, to the show. Yeah, it's going good. Thanks. Great to have you. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to have you. <laughs> See, English is not my strong suit. Granted, I don't speak any other languages fluently, so... Hey, that's, that's okay. What is your strong suit? Um, that's a good question. I'll let you know when I figure it out. Okay. <laughs> love to hear. Love to hear. Uh, who, who are, are you? you? <laughs> Where, so when you ask that question, what are you looking for? Um, let's, let's start general. Who, who are you? Like, like, yeah, what do you do? What do you do? Family. What do you enjoy? Where are you from? <laughs> Who's your family? That see, type of stuff. See, there's a whole... Where you live? There's a whole lot there. I um, know. I know. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so out of those, I'll start with like... Uh, I don't actually know which one to start with. Um, for it to make sense, I feel like I need to start with uh, my family background a little bit. Yeah. Because Kay. that kind of leads into like where I'm living now and what I do. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll start with that is... It, I don't know actually where I'm from because I was born in Chicago. I lived there for a grand total of three weeks. I remember it perfectly. It was amazing. Um, Pretty windy. <laughs> yeah, I was I was three <laughs> weeks old when we moved down to Oklahoma. It was like lots of sleep, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Um, then we moved down to Oklahoma, lived there for eight years, and moved up to Indiana. But my grandparents were missionaries. They lived up in Toronto after they came back from East Africa and spent a ton of time visiting them uh, off and on and that introduced me to a bunch of different cultures uh, because my grandparents ministered among the Somali people in Toronto. And so that exposed me to missions and what ministry looked like and began to open the door of like, hey, look, I've been influenced by a ton of different people and a ton of different uh, places and cultures. And that has led me to the journey I'm on now of like, you asked the question of what do, what do I do? And I'm like, mm, well, currently I'm prepping on becoming a missionary and moving overseas to East Eastern Europe. But I also just drive bus if I need to make money because you need money to live. Yeah. But I no longer live on my own and I live with, I believe you had Dave and Natalie on your show. We did podcast. I don't know how many weeks ago based on when this episode is actually going to come out. So I don't either. Probably a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. More. So I've been living with them for uh, about the last month and a half honestly um and that's been that's been very wonderful uh so that's just a very brief like 30 second yeah how'd you nutshell how'd you get connected with dave and natalie well like through first church yeah uh through the young adult groups here yeah okay and so when you moved to indiana you moved to columbia city indiana larwell the the itty bitty town of larwell that if you're outside of the state of Indiana, if you've ever heard of it, I will be very impressed. Um, 300 people lived out in the country. Whitco grad from graduate in 2015. Um, so grew up in that area. I'm sorry. I'm not a Columbia city student, That's okay. folks. That's <laughs> right. I, don't, I really don't care. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. See, it's fun to bring up the rivalry every once in a while, even though once you're out of high school, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been in, been in the Columbia City area with the exception of college for since about 2004. Yeah, and you, uh, you went to First Church then through high school or no? I grew up over at New Hope Westland uh, oh. out on 30. It was 
That, that's the rivalry we care about. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. It's like that is a wonderful, wonderful church body. Yes, um, sure. Loved, loved spending time there from uh, 2004 through when I graduated high school. Went down to college. Went to a tiny church down down in Marion, Indiana. I didn't go to Wesleyan, um, and then moved up to First Church after that. So, yeah, been Sweet. been at First Church for about four years. Yeah, what'd you study in college? Community development with a Christian ministries minor. Okay. And that minor is more useful now than uh, your major or no? So there are moments when I, have either of you guys spent any time in college? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in no, school. Not <laughs> single day. <laughs> you took dual credit. That doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Um, there are moments when, depending on your degree, I have used mine in certain instances and there are a lot of things that I look at my degree and go, yeah, I've, I've not used a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, that is just in the nature of a liberal arts education. Um, community development, the premise of that, because it's still a ministry degree, I, I transitioned through a few different uh, majors when I was in university. The uh, basis of the community development degree is asking the question, how do we, how do we find the needs of the community? How do we take... Um, how do we take the needs of, or in the, how do we figure out the strengths of the community and how do we take the strengths of the community to help fill the needs of the community? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was, that was kind of my heart because the Christian ministry major, which I was prior to community development, uh, is focused on being a senior pastor in a local church. And that wasn't what I felt the Lord was leading me to. And so I changed my major, but I pretty much had the minor already. So I was like, guess we're going to graduate with Christian ministries minor too. Yeah, that's sweet. You did some work with the center? Spent about four years at the Center for Whitley County Youth. That's actually what brought me back up to Columbia City. Okay. And what was your role there? What did that look like? (laughs) My role there entailed of a lot of things. Um, When you work in a small nonprofit, I was the third full-time staff member when when I joined staff in the fall from full-time in the beginning of 2019. Uh, and so when you're in a small nonprofit, you wear many different hats. My roles entailed all of the office admin stuff for my first three years. Um, a ton of the data management, like managing the back end of systems as well as, uh, leading programs at a couple of the different locations, partnering with other, other staff members to lead some of our after school programs. Yeah. What is the center? The center uh, is a local nonprofit here in Whitley County. Their mission is, if I can remember it, uh, <laughs> I should be able to. Um, it's to promote youth development through service, outreach, and collaboration. Um, and they're focused on 6th through 12th grade uh, in, in going, how do we help young people thrive? Yeah. Is is ultimately the goal of the center. So they have places for after school hangout. They have some youth group stuff, correct? And so they- I'm not going to be the best person to speak to what the center is currently doing because I stepped off staff last summer. Um, they still have after school central and after school serve. They're two of their main programs, but they've also branched out some of the programs I've seen since leaving staff. Um, is a leadership opportunity during the day called I Lead. I think it's called I Lead. Um, then, uh, they've got ground zero on Monday nights led by Jake Johnson. And that's a phenomenal, Mm -hmm. phenomenal program. Um, 
they've partnered with LifeWise Academy and ha- are helping that out with LifeWise Academy. And then there's, I know there's some programs that is I'm the forgetting right forklift now. still through there. The forklift is actually was a was hosted in our building, but was a ministry of the Warehouse Church. Okay, uh, and so they they're the ones who did the community meal every Monday night at the center. Yeah, that was always really really cool. Yeah, That's that was an amazing outreach opportunity and. For those who haven't tried the forklifts food, I'm going to give a shout out to like Hank Workman and Lucy Harder and Cindy, uh, who who do all of the cooking behind the scenes because the food is phenomenal. I hate to break it to you, Jonathan. They're not listening. <laughs> They're not listening right now, but you never know. It could come around. They could hear their names and be like, hey, look. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you never know. You never know where God may take this podcast, mm-hmm. but we're I, uh, you said you worked for a small nonprofit. This is a small zero profit, <laughs> <laughs> a small negative profit. Yes, but that's okay. When it's when, not the point. When when you're first starting out, you just got you're just getting learn learning the ropes and getting to enjoy doing a new thing and meet new people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's part of the fun of it. Absolutely. So, do you want to tell us a bit of your upbringing, how you came to know Christ? You said you're grandparents were in ministry? Uh, so my grandparents were missionaries uh, in East Africa, Somalia, Ethiopia, and Kenya were the three countries that they served in um, and kind of grew up in the church. Uh, when you when your mom's a missionary kid, that generally happens. Yeah. Uh, but that, like following Jesus, I accepted him at age nine at VBS, um, but didn't really get what that meant. Like, mm-hmm. No one ever does. I See, I love yeah. asking the question, so is it okay if I turn the table on you a little bit? Yeah. I'm going to ask the question, and you're, when you guys think of following Jesus, what, what comes to mind? What do you think of? Hmm. Probably, like, not that accepting Jesus age, but when you fully live it out. Um, is that what you're thinking, too? So what is... When you, yeah. So when when living it out, what does that look like? It's a what lot. It's a lot more mature. It's more of a relationship than a going through the motions. I'm not going to church, going home, and then hopping on Call of Duty and cussing with the boys. I'm going home. I'm serving actively, um, praying actively, um, and just incorporating God in every aspect and not the motions. Um, I think. Now the motions are a great start, and I think that's what a lot of people go through. Um, but I don't think that's the what you said walking with Jesus. I don't think it's following that. Jesus. Following Either Jesus. Work. I don't Both think. Work. I don't. Th- yeah, I think that's what following Jesus is. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm the same way. I think following Jesus can come a lot later after actually accepting Jesus into your heart. Um, there's a lot of life change that has to happen for you to truly be following Jesus and. Honestly, I, I'm, I believe that there's a lot of hardships that you have to go through to fully follow Jesus because you have to. Uh, it helps you to rely on Him more. I don't think you don't have to go through <clears throat> hardships or anything, but I think it it's a uh, it can help if you go through hardships because that helps you to rely on Jesus a lot more than if you never go through anything difficult in your life. Mm-hmm. But also, the Bible says that we will have troubles, so. Yeah, and you think of a strong relationship. You think of your friends, family that have gone through those hard times with you. So God's going to go through those hard times with you. That's what I think of yeah. following him. Um, what do you think of? 
following him. Yeah. So it's it's definitely more than just hey, look, I accepted Jesus. Awesome. Uh, and going to church every Sunday, which going to church every Sunday is important, and that's one of the ways that we grow. Um, but it's that what you guys said. It's that process of. Um, process of discipline, the spiritual disciplines and living those out and being in relationship with Jesus and sitting with him. I think one of the things that we really struggle with as we look at what it means to follow Jesus is a lot of times we've, we're so focused on, and I, this comes from someone else. I heard it somewhere else. Um, I don't remember where though. We've so fo- we're so focused on doing for Jesus instead of being with Jesus, but we're created as human beings not human doings. And so the question that I always ask when I, when I ask that is like, what does it look like to be in relationship with Jesus? And that always ends up being modeling our lives after him. Cause you, that, that going through hardship that you guys talked about and that building a bond, which I watched a movie this week cause it took me three nights. John to watch. Wick four. No. Oh. Um, a much, much less adult movie called Luck uh, on Apple TV. It was really cute. Um, like, it was just a good movie. But one of the things that they're like, bad luck is terrible. We never want bad luck. Yet the one of the themes of the movie was like, no, but bad luck creates community and draws us together. Yeah. And that's kind of what you guys were talking about. And that's true in our, in our discipleship walk is going through hard times and, and bad luck when we turn to Jesus in those moments, we're able to really learn what it looks like and rely on him and build that relationship with him. Um, yeah, there was some other thought I had and if it comes back, I'll share it, but it's gone right now. Yeah. So, so the original question, how did you get to know Christ then? So accepted Jesus at, um, Oh, this will be this will be a fun story. Accepted Jesus at age nine at VBS, but didn't really get the like. Oh, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Like, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a life change that happens. I was still just kind of living living my own way, and then uh, my seventh grade year, we were practicing for a choir concert at Whitcomb Middle School before it was the Career Academy for those youngins out there, um, and we were practicing for a choir concert in the lecture room. I was standing on the third riser. I passed out and I walked down the risers completely unconscious at this point um, and fell off the front of the stage, landed on my head. I spent the next four days in the pediatric intensive care unit. Um, Jeez. Yeah. It was, it was one of those moments that like, like why did that happen? Uh, the, the medical reason that they gave me is I was growing too fast and my heart couldn't keep up and, something weird. Happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't actually know, but it was one of those moments. Like as I was laying in the PICU, the pediatric intensive care unit, uh, I remember thinking about it and looking kind of reflecting on my life. Cause that's also one of those moments. Like the stage was about as tall as these tables are. I was five and a half foot as an a seventh grader. Um, so my, that was probably an eight and a half, nine foot fall from my head. I very well could have died. Um, and so I'm laying in that hospital bed with a neck brace on, hooked up all, to all these machines, going, hmm, I don't think I've really been living for Jesus. Like, there's, there's some reason I'm here, because I'm not dead yet. Like, I should be dead, but I'm not. So let's, let's figure out what it looks like to actually live for Jesus. And that's where that journey began. Had all of the normal ups and downs of what that looks like, yeah. of course. Um, 
but that is where that journey began. So, yeah, that's that's <laughs> very wild. Yeah, I've, see, my, my my brain's going. Do you want to do you want to hear the other wild story? Yeah, we love wild stories. Okay, so freshman year, I was out for. I'm one of those weird people who actually enjoyed running. Um, hey, I ran a track and cross country. Did you enjoy? Wait, it you really? I didn't. You didn't. Enjoy I liked it, track though. better, but yeah. Okay, I enjoyed, I enjoyed track. I was a cross country runner. Okay, I, I stopped running track after eighth grade because I Ooh. was a distance runner, and I'm like, I don't want to run eight circles. No, but like the team is enjoyable. Like That's, there's something about it that people that haven't done it don't understand. Yeah. That, that is true. Um, I, I got stuck in the musicals. I didn't get stuck. I chose the musicals over track. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. the community in the theater department as well, uh, as well as some of the sports departments. So I was a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I still ran year round. So one day the week before spring break, my freshman year, I was out for a quick two miler, probably running a six thirty pace. Cause I'm like, it's a quick two miler. We're just going to get it done. Yeah. Uh, and in South Whitley, if you know where Moyer's cafe and like subway is, that's, I always crossed there. Mm. If you're not, if you don't know South Whitley, that's okay. Um, it's kind of a blind corner. So as I went across coming back from the route I was taking, I looked, or at least I think I looked both directions. It all happened very fast. I think I looked both directions. Didn't see a car coming. There was a car coming. It came from my left side. I'm entirely deaf in my left ear because of falling off the stage in seventh grade. And I saw it at the last second, pulled back. It ran over my right foot. Uh, I twisted down with it. I had a sprained ankle. I got hit by a car and I walked away, walked away with a sprained ankle. I, I jogged across the street. Did you because, finish the run? Uh, no. Okay. I jogged across <laughs> the street because of adrenaline. And then I got to the other side and was like, Ooh, my ankle's stiff. And so I had to sit in an ambulance and, uh, my mom's a school bus driver. So I had, I had to sit in the ambulance until she came, but her boss was like, uh, radioed her and said, Hey, call, call me after out. Um, and didn't tell her anything else. So she just thought it was a kid because otherwise she would have like not finished route and just beelined her way down to me in South. Yeah. Um, but that that was one of those moments that like looking back on uh that was 10 years ago well i was almost 11 years ago now um looking back on i'm like that could have been a whole lot worse split second earlier i would have gotten hit in the side split second later i would have bounced off the side of the car but god's god's hand was there um and then so i was on crutches for the rest of the week and then I was a stubborn freshman, so I didn't take my crutches with me to Florida for campus life spring break. Oh, you, of course you can't take them. Exactly. Yeah, why would you? You, yeah. you get it. Pointless. But yeah, I also nah. couldn't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> severely sprained ankle, the, the ER doctor was like, yeah, there's, you're fine. Nothing wrong with it. It's just sprained. It's fine. You can walk on it the next day. So I walked on it all Tuesday at school, and then my mom took me to another doctor for a second opinion. You're like, no. You shouldn't be walking on that. That's a non-weight bearing sprain. Don't walk on it. You're on crutches. Um, so that Aww. was that was always fun. Um, but in spring over spring break, I was forced to slow down and to really dig into what we were learning. And someone gave me the passage, First Corinthians nine nineteen through twenty three, where Paul talks about though I am a free man and a slave to no one, I make myself a slave to everyone that I might win some to the Jew. We, to the Jew, I become like the Jew that I might win the Jew to the Gentile, like the Gentile, so on and so forth. Um, 
and that was one of the foundational pieces also of my missionary journey of like, what does it look like to step into a different culture and to move overseas to, to serve and to, um, reach others with the gospel. Yeah. So about that, tell us about (laughs) you going overseas, man. What's this all so crazy. Uh, depending on your, what you're used to, how much, okay. Turning another question. Cause I, I love sending questions back and not doing all of the talking. Um, how much have you guys traveled? What's the farthest you've traveled? What's been your favorite place that you've traveled? Oh, come on. Is, is that, is that a hard no, question? No, no, no. You're jumping to the end question, man. It's not the end question. <laughs> if I heard the end question correctly, it's not the end question, no, but, but, um, I've actually traveled a lot. I was very blessed growing up, probably been to 40 to 45 states, and then Canada, Bahamas, some Caribbean cruises, um, so farthest probably Western Canada. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. We didn't travel a lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> farthest I've been is probably Key West, Florida. Okay. Cool. Key West is dope, though. It is cool. Yeah. Okay. And out of the places you've traveled, what was your favorite? Ooh, Miami. Miami. Really? Okay. I love Miami. The architecture is beautiful. I've not actually been to Miami. No, it's fun. The food there is awesome. It's just like a lot happier there. Okay. Just really warm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Hop on a plane ticket right now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like South Carolina a lot. Just the people, mm. the hospitality. Mm. Was that the mission trip? Yeah. Mm. Mine wasn't. <laughs> Miami wasn't. I know. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I feel bad. You don't have to feel bad. <laughs> I just, I, no, I'm like just, my favorite. Yeah, I just vividly remember the, the hospitality of the people in South Carolina and mm-hmm. being thinking to myself, wow, Southern hospitality actually is a thing. and. Oh. It's really, really cool to see. Southern hospitality is a wonderful thing. That is for (laughs) sure. Um, And you don't have to feel bad because my favorite places that I've traveled are not mission trip Mm. places. They're a mountain in Colorado, the Boundary Waters in Minnesota. I can't pick one. That's my problem. Mm. And Eastern Europe. Um, So missions, how that came about. You heard the beginning of my call freshman year. Um, continued journeying out looking at like what does that look like uh through the rest of high school and into college but i didn't feel the lord opening the door to actually go um i chose to spend a semester abroad in a country called lithuania i'm headed to latvia and that's going to confuse people because they're both l countries they're right next to each other they're both tiny lithuania has a Basketball team, though. Yes. Good basketball team. Both both Lithuania and Latvia. Basketball is very popular in both of mm-hmm. those countries. Um, and there was another sport that I was thinking of. Hockey is huge in Latvia. Huh. Really? Are you going to play? Yeah. No. Oh. I, I can barely ice skate. Like, I don't know how to stop without running into a wall while I'm ice skating. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn you that. Gotta, if you play hockey, you got to stick to stop. That that's fair, or I can just run into somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and honestly, like if everyone else there knows how, that's a great place to learn. 
Yeah, that that is true. Um, hockey also scares me a little bit, though, because normally you go to a hockey game to watch a fight break out. Oh, yeah. Or you go to a fight to watch a hockey game break out. It just depends on the day. <laughs> not not actually sure on that one. <laughs> You've never heard that before? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we went to a fight today and a hockey game broke out. How many kids do you have? Zero. Oh, so that uh, wasn't a dad joke. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, unless you count all of the students I worked with, which at times I have, in which case, well over 100. Hmm. But none of them biological. That, that, that makes you say dad jokes for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can, can, I can attest to that because I say dad jokes to my seventh graders all the time. So it's, it's just part of, part of working with youth is you got to, especially as a guy who in some cases ends up being a father figure to some of the kids or an older brother, mm-hmm. you got to, you got to pull out some of those dad jokes every once in a while. Oh my gosh. Even if you're not punny. I feel, <laughs> I feel really old. <laughs> One of the kids sought advice from me this week and said, well, since you have a lot more life experience, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I'm, oh. ni- I'm 19 it's not <laughs> or one time they were like what was your first phone I said like a Blackberry they were like what the flip <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> or one time I got roasted for um, ironing my shirts <laughs> okay so that one's a, that one's a little a little different but that's just middle school boys the, yes yeah, you're not yeah, wrong yeah. Uh, but you just you just made me feel old with oh, your first phone being a BlackBerry. I'm like, my first phone was one of those Nokia candy bar phones. Well, when you said, <laughs> when you said, uh, what you moved here 2004? Mm-hmm. Gra- yeah, 2004. Yeah, yeah. I was born 2003. <laughs> yeah, I was eight. Eight in 2004. That's not a big, but eight years it's, it's isn't not. a big. Yeah, that's not a big difference at all compared it, to some of our uh, future guests. Holy moly, that's a big difference. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's like when you when you get past high school, age stops becoming a huge difference. Like I've yeah. got people I would consider friends who are ten and fifteen years older than me. Yeah. Whereas, like when you were in high school, it was weird to be friends with. When you were a freshman, it was weird to be friends with seniors. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. they're seniors. We don't talk to them. Yeah, but that, I like that a lot better. And after high school, too, you don't think of, like, oh, they're weird. But they like that. You're like, oh, you like that? Tell me about that because mm-hmm. I'm not, like, cultured in that. So. Yeah, it's all, it's all about uh, as, as we get older, generally speaking, ideally it's going, how can we learn? How can we grow? How can we connect? Yeah. Because... Unlike high school and middle school, where connections are built in and we have friends that we get to see every day, and even to a certain extent in college, same thing. You Mm -hmm. have friends you get to see every day or that you're living with. Um, You don't get that when you get into the adult world, and you have to just, you have to figure out ways to connect and to find people and to have coworkers, build relationships. And yeah, and it depends on where you work. Like my coworkers at the center, all phenomenal. Oh, Absolutely yeah. love it. The staff team there's amazing. But like my coworkers driving bus, uh, not driving school bus, because I actually do get to see them on occasion, but driving charter bus when I've done that a little bit. Um, you don't actually see your coworkers because they're in a different bus. Yeah. If they're on the same <laughs> trip. So yeah. it's like coworkers, what? So you have to be very intentional about building community. Yeah, but 
So you're uh, going to Eastern Europe? I was going to say, we got off topic, and I was wondering when you were going to steer it back to the topic. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Eastern Europe, I spent a semester abroad in Lithuania in 2017 and visited Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland, and Russia on that trip. I flew through London, if you want to count that. I spent like four and a half hours out in the city. That counts. Because, you know, if you have a seven-hour layover and you're in Europe, you're leaving the airport. If you don't. Why did you just spend seven hours in a European airport? Trust me, they're not that great. Yeah. Um, But uh, really got to know a little bit more of Eastern Europe and and fell in love with that part of the world, post-Soviet Europe specifically, so the countries that were part of the Soviet Union um, in the, like, from the mid to late 40s all the way through the early 90s. Um, And really really got to know some of the history and felt some of the the pain that they'd experienced in the oppression um, and got to see that as a mission field. Prior to that, I had always thought of like East Africa to East Asia as the mission field. That's the 1040 window that we talk about in the church. And I'm like, that's the mission field. That's where I'm going to go. And then I spent a semester in Eastern Europe and was like, oh, people here need Jesus too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and some of the intentionality really stuck out of like, uh, when I was there, I had someone come up to me and go, Jonathan, why do you live so differently? What's different about you? Why do you live that way? And the boldness to ask that question and the, the curiosity to ask that mm-hmm. question really stuck out to me. And then I got to see it, couldn't understand it. The, the missionary filled me in afterwards, but a missionary who had been in Latvia for a few years, uh, someone came in and asked her, why did you come to Latvia? Why would you come here? And just that Latvia is not a place that people want to come. Half the youth want to leave um, because it's a poor EU country. Um, so it doesn't have a lot of opportunities. So they're like, how, how do I learn English so that I can go to Western Europe and have opportunities and make actual money um, instead of what they what opportunities they feel they have in Latvia, be it whether or not they have an accurate perception. Yeah. So then you're, you went back home after going mm-hmm. there back to Indiana Wesleyan, yep. graduated mm-hmm. or did you graduate? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. It's very valid. Cause yeah. I came back and went, I don't want to go back to school. Like I sat down at Bob Evans here in town with a, with someone with a, a dear friend and, was like, I don't want to go back to school. And he mentioned something about an internship at a place called the center. Hadn't heard of it before mentioned a job there. And he's like, I, I might be able to get you an internship. Um, and then I'm like, I went back to school instead of doing an internship. And then six months later when I need an internship, I called him up and went, Hey, you know how you said something about an internship at the center? Do you think you can make that happen? Make that work out? Awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's how I got connected with the center. Um, did a full-time internship summer of 2018 and then part-time as I finished up school, commuting back and forth from Marion, Indiana to Columbia City, Indiana. It's an hour drive, one direction. And I did it three or four days a week for seven and a half months. You put a lot of miles on a vehicle. Yeah. In that amount of time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what landed me back in Whitley County. And then just... Oh, now almost two years ago, um, summer of 21, uh, 
I got to a point I was helping out at the 4-H fair, got home, lived on Chauncey Street at that point in time, was putting my key in my apartment door and went, I could live in Columbia City the rest of my life. Something I never thought I would say. Uh, and over no the next... No one ever thinks they'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, kind of. It's like, I, I know a couple folks who, who love Columbia oh, City yeah, are, yeah. are very grounded here. I was not one of those people. As someone who had traveled a reasonable amount by that point in time, um, mm-hmm. that was not, not on my radar. And then... I finally got to the point of saying that and trusting the Lord and being content with where he had placed me. Yeah. And that over then over the next couple of weeks, he really opened my heart to go, okay, you're trusting me. Now you can go. And that's when I began the exploration of like, what does it look like again to move overseas and to find an organization and to get connected with what God's doing in the other, another part of the world. Yeah. So you were working for the center. Mm-hmm. You felt called to go overseas. Yep. Found a organization? Yep. What is that organization? So I have jumped on board with an organization called Josiah Venture. Uh, I'll refer to them interchangeably as Josiah Venture and JV because I'm lazy and JV is a whole lot quicker than Josiah Venture. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I ran JV cross country. <laughs> <laughs> I did as well. Yes, yes. I remember those days. Um. <laughs> but got connected with them and really fell in love with, with their vision uh, to see a movement of God among the youth of Central and Eastern Europe that finds its home in the local church and transforms society. And that, that vision, as I got to know it, is, is a beautiful vision because of um, the focus on the youth, the next generation. Uh, it's like young people are our future. So how are we equipping and raising up young people who know Jesus and who are following him and who are modeling his life after him, modeling their lives after him. Um, and then the other, the other key for me was the partnership with the local church. The, I think that's super important for, for missions organizations. We in, in historically at times mission, mission organizations would go in and do their own thing and then leave and whatever they did stopped. Um, but the focus with JV and I think a lot of mission organizations are moving this direction. Um, but I know the focus with JV has always been on how do we equip and train national believers, people from their own culture, uh, to do the work. It's not, not about me coming in and doing the work. It's about raising up locals who know the culture, know the language, know the people to do the work long term because I could be there for the next two years. I could be there for the next 40 years. The Lord knows I don't. So what am I doing to equip the, the local community to really do the work and be the hands of feet, hands and feet of Jesus in their own community long-term. Yeah, that's awesome. So how'd you uh, get connected with JV then online or there? I, I had a mentor recommend them to me. Um, okay along with a couple different organizations. And so I just started doing some research and reached out to JV and just shot some phone calls and shot some phone calls, shot some emails and started to get to know them. And that was a long process. They're very big on relationships because, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pause my talking again and ask you guys another question, Oh boy, which is very similar to one of the questions I asked earlier, but I'm just curious if, if there's any difference in your mind, but, and maybe I'm going to phrase it differently than I normally do. 
when you think of discipleship, what are some of the key parts of discipleship? What is discipleship and what are some of the key parts of discipleship? Like discipleship as in go and spread Jesus and make believers of all nations or... So that's... I don't think discipleship just... You can't think of discipleship, I think, in just the context of overseas ministry. Mm -hmm. Discipleship is Mm -hmm. so much more something that ideally we're doing every day. You could look... Depending on the definition of discipleship, we could take it outside of the Christian church and say you're being discipled by something at all points in time. Yep. Like, so depending if that's godly or worldly is yes, yeah, yeah. So when you think of discipleship, one, how do you define it? What do you think of? Two, what are some of the key parts of discipleship? I'll start with the key parts. That's what my mind went to. Um, that relational aspect is huge um i'd like to say we disciple some young men in middle school ministries um and day one i mean we didn't have respect um Mm -hmm. respect is pretty important if you're (laughs) wanting guys to listen to you um and that comes with having a good relationship with them um also love you need to love people well um to disciple um, and just care, be passionate. Um, that's what I think goes into it mostly, but re- relationships are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? For sure. I, I agree. I mean, I think you can also add um, loving teaching and godly teaching into that. Um, like if you're trying to raise up disciples, yeah. like if you're the one discipling someone to be a future disciple, if, if you will, like with our middle schoolers, um, just showing love and teaching them the Bible and just showing them God. I mean, wouldn't be here without God, so kind of important to talk about him every once in a while, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, And I think exactly what you said, what you both said, is that relationship portion. And I think how we build that relationship is through love. Um, There's different, different connection points that we can use. Like if you're a huge basketball fan, you can use that as a connection point to begin mm-hmm. that building that relationship, but it always comes back to what's the focus and where are we going? Um, and you can dig deep through those relationships, but that was something that I really appreciated about, excuse me, excuse me about JV was <laughs> <laughs> see you guys are lucky. You've got the mute button right there. I'm, I'm like, well, I, we're just going to back up from the mic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, happens. It's all good. Um, we're authentic here. Uh, but the that was something that really stuck out to me about jv is their focus on building relationships both both with the youth that are that we're we're working to disciple and ideally make disciples who are making disciples but also um in the team that that uh we're a part of one of the number one reasons that missionaries leave the field is because of inter-team, interpersonal conflict on the mission team that they're a part of. Hmm. And so JV was very intentional about taking time to for me to build a relationship with the team that I'm joining to make sure that the relationships were healthy and that the team would work well. Yeah, that's awesome. So you 
signed on or mm-hmm. you're ready to go? I I am almost ready. I'm, yeah. I personally am like, yes, let me buy a plane ticket. Let's go. I'm I'm yeah. I'm itching to go. Um but part of part of the process of becoming a missionary and moving overseas is uh building a partner team yep. to go with you. Yep. And so that's both prayer and financial support, of course. I've done all of the pre-field training, all of the important documents, all of the prep that I can do. Um, I'm just sitting at about like 92% right now mm-hmm. of my monthly partnership. And that's, JV's really big on caring for the missionaries well as well. Uh, and that means making sure that they're fully funded because they don't want money to be a stressor on yep. the mission field. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I got to fill in that gap slash let the Lord fill in that gap yeah. of the last 8% or so. Yeah. And I've, through the grapevine, heard you've sold possessions. You've moved in with Dave and Natalie. You're very, very committed. It reminded me of the story of, um, I'm not too educated on this story, so please correct me if <laughs> I'm a little bit wrong, but um, the man going up to Jesus saying, how do I get to heaven. Mm. He said, sell all your possessions, come back Mm. to me. Um, that's very, very obedient by you. I don't think many people would do that. Um, it's, it's one of those that like the, the, the story of the rich wrong ruler, I believe is what you're referencing. Yep. Um, and I look at that story and I think a song just popped into my head. There's a song called clear the stage by Jimmy Needham. Maybe I think that's who it is. Um, but it's essentially anything that comes before my God is an idol. Uh, in the case of selling possessions, that's, that's just what the Lord's called me to. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not definitely not everybody's call. The question and the, and the reason I sold possessions, because I'm still still really bummed right now that I'm not driving the car that I used to drive. I used to drive a BMW six-speed manual. I've driven stick mm. shift almost my entire driving career. That thing probably zoomed. Oh, it was smooth. It went fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was a stick shift. Like, for me anymore, that's the only thing that matters out of those. Like, I, I hop in a stick shift and I feel at home. I've had my license for over 10 years now, and I've driven stick shift for over nine of those 10 years. So I, I get an automatic and my left foot goes through the floor, and I'm like, oh, wait, there's no clutch there. Hmm. Where's my clutch? Or I want to, like, sit, sit at a light and be like, okay, I just I don't want to have to hold the brake anymore. I just want to, like, pull my e-brake, and my, it's in neutral, and I, I'm fine. Or if I'm on flat ground, just hold my left foot down on the floor on the clutch and not actually have my brake lights on and randomly tap my brake lights to try and freak people out behind me. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't do that anymore because I drive yeah. an automatic. So that's what's yeah. But that's testing th- you and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just part of the process. But going back to the story of the rich young ruler, I think we all have to ask the question, like, is there something that is preventing us from giving Jesus our all, from being obedient? Yeah. Um and that's that's the real hard question because there's a lot um like that's that's the easy example for me to say like this is the easy thing for me to it's hard it's a bummer but it's also the easy thing for me to give up because i'm like it was also a bmw and if you've never owned a bmw let me give you a warning they're incredibly expensive to maintain oh yeah all foreign parts all yeah yep very tricky yeah so i was 
honestly, as much as I'm like, I was bummed to get rid of it. I was also very glad to get rid of it because it was just, it was time. Um, so that's, that's the easy example, but there's, there's so many other things that you have to wrestle with as you look at a call to missions. Um, but going back to that story, it's, I would, I'd encourage people to go, okay, what, what is the Lord calling me to? Is it something small here in the States? Because I think you don't get to a point of, of taking a step of faith of going, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm going to move out of my own place and move in with somebody else. And I'm going to sell my car and I'm going to like, I haven't worked a, <laughs> I haven't worked a well-paying job, um, since the end of October. I've been living mm-hmm. off of uh, money that I made between July and October, my tax return, selling my car, <laughs> and um, little odds and ends here and there mm-hmm. since then. Um, and I'm looking, I looked at my budget today and went, hmm, okay, we actually, we're going to start getting a little bit tight if we're not careful here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's just asking the question of like, what is the Lord calling you to? and what's preventing me from saying yes. And it's small steps of obedience. You don't get to the step, the point of like, okay, I'm going to move to the other side of the world without first taking small steps of obedience and going, Lord, what are you, what are you asking me to trust you with today? How can I trust you today? What, what small step of faith? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? What do I need to stop doing? Yeah. Yeah. So you've uh, touched a bit on feeling called to um, missions. What does that calling look like? It's sometimes hard to grasp uh, something that can't be as tangible as mm-hmm. if I were like, JJ, go do missions. <laughs> like, yeah. If only it was that clear. Yeah. Um, we, generally speaking, in our, especially in our culture, in our day and age, we don't generally audibly hear God go, I am calling you to this. Yeah. Go to Latvia and serve as a missionary. That's, that's just not, not normally how it works. Yeah. Um, I think one of the cool things about following Jesus, um, a lot of times we think of it or people can look at it and go, Oh, it's a ton of rules. It's a ton of don'ts, do's and don'ts. Like I, I have to go to church and I have to read my Bible and I have to pray and I can't curse and I can't do this and I can't do that. I can't speed. I can't lie to use the easy ones. Um, but like we mentioned earlier, it's more of that relationship. It's about that relationship. Uh, and now my brain's trying to remember where I was going with that because my brain gets a little scattered. That calling, what that calling look like. Yes. Um, and the, oh, that, there it is. There it is. The really cool thing about um, following Jesus is, is it's a relationship. And as we delight in him, there's this verse in Psalm 37. Um, as delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As you delight yourself in your, the Lord, as you get to know him, as you, we've been journeying through Psalm 23. Uh, mm-hmm. I th- did that end this week, last week? Uh, two weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Um, granted, on the podcast, it's going to be a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it could be like a month and a half, two months not ago. Not relevant, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, so we've been journeying through Psalm 23 at First Church. Um, and that that passage talking about the Lord being our shepherd, um, as, as we delight in ourselves in the Lord and as we build that relationship with him and that, that trust, uh, our desires begin to align with his. 
mm-hmm. and his desires begin to align with ours. They, they come together. And I think that's part of, um, part of the calling portion of what it looks like to follow Jesus is it's not, it's not, Oh, I've got to go do this thing. I don't want to do like if the Lord's not going to call you to Africa, if you're absolutely 100% against it, like not, not at least not right away. Like he might place that calling on your heart, but, or he might have that in mind for the future, but he won't be like, okay, now's the time to go. If you're 100% against it, because you won't like, or you'll go begrudgingly and you won't, do his work well. Um, like, uh, Noah or not Noah, Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. Jonah. Or it's like, you'll be there, but you won't, you won't fully get his heart and he wants you to be part of it in a, in a willing and loving part of it. Mm-hmm. So I think part of, part of asking the question of like, what is my calling? What is, what is God's purpose and goal for my life is asking the question, what do I enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. What does he designed me to do? And, and really digging into, what those are, what you're gifted at, what you enjoy doing. Uh, and that'll, that'll to a certain extent lead you to where he is calling you. Um, and for me, I enjoy learning other cultures and learning other languages. Cause while I don't speak any language fluently, I don't consider speaking my, my English fluent. I'm terrible at English, <laughs> <laughs> but I speak bits and pieces of three languages. And, um, what are they? A little bit of Lithuanian. Um, like, Is that what they speak in Latvia? What do they speak in Latvia? They speak Latvian in Latvia. Duh. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's not a duh. Everybody asks that question, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of those weird, that's... that's. What if they spoke Russian? Dude, it's I po- was joking, bro. It's post-Soviet. I'm joking, it's post-Soviet dude. Europe, Josh. And I'm the older, joking. The older population... You can't even point Russia on the map. Anyways, uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, I could. I, I, if you want me to point Latvia out on there, I will. It's not labeled, but I can point it out. Um, it's like right there. It's uh, Eastern yeah. Europe, everyone. That, little, that is not viewing. Right, right by the lake? Yeah. By the, <laughs> Which lake? It would, be, it would be a bay. <laughs> that would be a bay. So the Baltic Sea is the big thing right between Scandinavia and it, but... Yeah. Okay. That anyway. Um, yeah. So, but they do speak some Russian. That's the older population. You do not start with Russian. That's a bad idea. Um, Lithuanian is my go-to when I'm counting anymore. Counting students, like I'll just start without even thinking about. It. I'll go. Yeah. That's just Me one too. through ten. Um, Same. <laughs> but. Uh, so Spanish, un poco, uh, a little bit of Spanish, um, not very great at, good at that one and Russian, a tiny bit of Russian. Cause I've been working on Duolingo on Russian cause that's, while it's not a language I'm going to use a ton of, it's also not going to be a bad language to have at least a certain amount of that one's interesting to learn though. Cause the alphabet's entirely different. Oh, how many letters? I don't actually know the number of letters because I didn't. I haven't officially learned the number of letters, but it is a, a Cyrillic alphabet. So that those who aren't, uh, well, nobody's going to be able to see necessarily. But um, if you want to look it up, Cyrillic is is the alphabet that is used, um, and it doesn't look like it uses some Latin letters. A P is 
one of them, but the P sound, the mm. P letter does not give a P sound. It's an R. Yeah, why wouldn't it? <laughs> 33 letters, 21 of them are consonants, 10 vowels, and two signs. Yes. Okay. Nice. Um, and a capital B slash is a V. So you just, you get used to different differences like that. Yeah. Huh. Um, but I enjoy learning languages. Um, I enjoy learning cultures. I enjoy traveling. Uh, and all of those, all of those together, along with going back to that passage I talked about in first Corinthians earlier of becoming like other people to reach other people. Um, all of those together is how God, some of the things that God's wired ways God has wired me for missions. Yeah. Yeah. So how can, uh, people support you as you're at 92%. So if people want to partner with me, uh, I would love to hear from them. You can find, uh, link tree. So if you know link tree websites, it's link tr.ee slash J Johnson, 6696. Um, it'll be in the description. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, that has that link tree has all of my uh, different information on it, and then you could also just find me on social media. That handle J Johnson sixty six ninety six is my Instagram and then Facebook. Good luck. My name is Jonathan Johnson. <laughs> it's one of the most common yeah. names in the world. But reach out to us; we'll get you connected with him. Absolutely. Like, um, yeah. So you kind of touched on the closing question already. <laughs> yeah. um, you've done a lot of travel. You're going to travel more. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could travel, I feel like I know the answer. What is your dream vacation? Yeah, if you took one more trip, where would it be? <laughs> I, I bet it's not Latvia. No, I'm going to go live there. So that, yeah. that is not my dream vacation. That wouldn't be a vacation then. Um, and like, I, I, cause I can think of vacations living in Europe, travel within Europe's really easy. Um, so there's, I think there's two. Um, can nope. I, can I say two? Nope. Yes, you can say two. Nope. A lot of people say two. It's That's fine. messed up. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm going to, so I'm going to give one general region cause I cannot say the specific place. Yeah. yeah region's okay. Um, region's okay. Yeah. So one general region is South Asia. Um, I have family serving there as missionaries. Um, then the other place, which you can't go to because it's in the midst of war is Somalia. Um, so I would take Kenya or Ethiopia as well. Cause that's where my mom grew up. Um, so I'd love to take my mom back, back there. Hear some of the stories from some of the places that she, yeah. she grew up visiting cause she lived her first 18 years of life in East Africa really and cool. graduated high school over there. Yeah. Um, and so it'd be fun to fun to travel with her to that part of the world. That'd be wild. Um, cause I've not, the only, the only two continents I've been on are North America and Europe. I've not made it outside of those two. So <laughs> making it to either Asia or Africa would be wonderful. Yeah. Eventually one day we would, Antarctica would be nice or the North pole would be phenomenal, but that's not plausible right now. Not on my budget. It's not <laughs> actually the budget, no budget in this question. In the hypothetical, hypothetical question. question, no budget. Oh yeah. Well, we don't, we don't have the budget of the show for the hypothetical question to send people on their new vacations. Yeah, you. you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You're not sending me on an all expenses paid vacation to wherever I want? Like, no, no, no. no. Oh man, go shucks! To, I, I thought that was part of Jonathan's like coming on the show. Tree and he'll be in. <laughs> 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 
kidding, kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, if if you were to if you like, I need to stop because otherwise I'll just start listing off other places in the world because. <laughs> I have my eye on a lot of places where I would love Israel? to travel a ton, like New Zealand, to see all of like the Lord of the Rings places. We've had that answer before. Um, and we didn't... We didn't know anything We didn't it. care. Because <laughs> we didn't know anything about it. I know. It. Have you... Have, well, okay. Yeah, yeah we've yeah, never we've seen never it. Seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sorry. Um, I feel like y'all's next assignment needs to be like a 12-hour a marathon of the extended mm, and edition. And you need to go watch John Wick 4. I have not watched any of the John Wicks. <laughs> that's, so do I need your, to, that's your assignment. Do, do I need to watch the first John Wick before I watch the second, third, and fourth? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Viewers, go watch John Wick. No, no I'm, we're not. <laughs> it's no. awesome. It's honestly heartwarming. It's really family and animal no, tied. It's, not. it's Yes, stop, it's stop, tied stop, around stop brotherhood. advocating for John Wick. I'm being authentic. I like that movie. And that <laughs> might be a flaw of mine, but that's okay. Hey, for all I've sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that because no. I guarantee there's probably some movies out there that I enjoy that are. You play Catan too. You play Catan? Yes. Played Catan with right, Tuesday We don't night. need to talk about this on the podcast. Fine, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. we, we, okay. <laughs> and that's up to you guys. You're, you're the podcast yeah, people. We, I'm, just, I'm just here. Yeah, well. We'll wrap this up. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to share? No, just thanks for having me. It was, it was fun being here, and uh, I hope, wish you all the best of luck as you explore this podcast journey. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something we're not... <laughs> we don't know what we're, we're doing We're not professionals in. Many people know that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's okay. It's, it's fun, and I feel like it's using digital and social media for for good on awesome. like everything we see every day awesome so, that's that's what it's about is yeah how do we how do we bless others yep so and if this is a blessing to others and even if you're not quote-unquote professional yeah. it's wonderful yeah and as we grow community this is a great resource people can look on like oh jonathan i saw him at church today i wonder what he's like Oh, he just talked about it for an hour on this. <laughs> so, I don't know. Oh, just absolutely. Great resource to grow community. Thank you so much for coming on. Zach, thank you for joining me again. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Viewers, <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for the support, prayers, reaching out, everything you guys do. Um, we love you guys, and we will see you next time on the Outreach Project. Peace. Peace. Bye, y'all. You got to say peace. Peace.